0: Welcome into the Off the Post podcast. I'm Nick Devlin with my co-host Lucas Tashi. Today we're going to be going into the transfer rumors, we're going to rate the prospects of certain players leaving, and then we're going to go into the Serie A, the Premier League, and our bets for the weekend. We hope you guys enjoy the show. What's up, Lucas?
1: Hey, Nick, not much, man. Uh, A lot of soccer happening this past week. We had a game yesterday. You probably aren't happy right now. But we'll get into the results later on um but man this week has been juicy in terms of the transfers the transfer window is i believe three weeks away because it starts in june i want to say june June 1st three weeks away things are starting to heat up my friends and it is one domino is gonna start falling which is going to lead to another, which is going to lead to another. And it's just mayhem. Absolute mayhem. It, honestly, soccer is, we have an off season, but the transfer window is not an off season. Like you have to make, like, make sure you're on top of it or else you'll miss something.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And, uh, getting into it, I think we should just start with the big fish. Uh, Erling Haaland joins Manchester City. It is official. They've agreed a fee with Dortmund, uh, super low fee right 60 million euros uh 40 million goes into uh agent and player fees right so they get that bonus up front from Holland side and he signed to a um i believe it's a contract until 2026 i can't remember but he has a release clause going into his third season of 150 million euros so the contract he gets is super favorable he gets a you know Premier League experience, and I believe it gives him the fluidity that he wanted to possibly go to La Liga after a while if he so chooses, right? Or he could obviously extend to City. But um, I mean, basically one of like the three best strikers in the world signs with Manchester City to fill the hole that they needed to fill. They have depth now too because they signed someone named Julian Alvarez in December uh, from River Plate, who's a young Argentine player that's like really good. Uh, so he's going to probably be the backup to Holland, but I mean, just uh, unreal signing for them. They don't have to do that much business yeah. to fix their team. They just fixed the one hole that they had and had debt to it. So, um, I mean, whatever, man, I guess they'll win the title next year too.
1: Yeah. I mean, they went from signing a hundred million pound player last year to signing a player that's worth 250 million at this moment. I think that signing is going to take them to the next level. We'll see if that it can happen for them to win the Champions League next year because that's their real focus right there. Um, so we'll see. Great signing for them. I absolutely hate it, but it was expected to come, especially given that Erling Holland's father played for uh, Man City as well. I mean, it has that homegrown blood in there. Yeah. But- Getting into some other transfer news, going on to your team, Real Madrid, they officially announced Tony Rudiger on a free transfer to when he will come in the summer. So that's big for you guys, because we talked about it in the beginning of the year. They were lacking in that center back position. They had David Alaba, they had Nacho, they had uh, some other players come through, but it wasn't like the talent that they have now with Rudiger. He's going to take them to that next level. A Rüdiger and Alaba center-back partnership, that is scary to see. Um, So just imagine how well Real Madrid played this season. They add Tony Rüdiger and potentially adding Kylian Mbappe. Oh, man. Nick has a huge smile on his face right now hearing that. (laughs)
0: yeah I agree with that. I think uh, I think Rudiger shores up the kind of like one of the few weaknesses that um Real Madrid had, right, which is the squad depth. So I mean, all things considered, I think that um I think that realistically, Real Madrid is going to be in the same position that they are next year, and then they have more depth and more rotation in their squad, essentially. And I think that um I think that really will end up happening is Real Madrid will continue to maintain being one of the best teams in Europe and continue hopefully this trend of uh, going for in the Champions League in the league.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, my face is frozen right here, but I mean, uh, it's going to be a banger of a transfer window for you guys. And I really think this is smart business to get it done right away. Um but yeah. Uh, and I'm also seeing reports now from Fabrizio Romano that Kylian Mbappe is a few days away from officially being announced as a Real Madrid player.
0: No way. Really? Yeah.
1: So this was four hours ago. He sa- uh, it says Real Madrid expect Kylian Mbappe to announce his decision in the next few days and are extremely confident that he's signing for them.
0: I mean, yeah, I' agree with that. I feel like I've been confident that he's gonna sign for for a while. Um, he, I mean, he the thing that's so difficult for me, Lucas, is just like where where he's gonna play, right? Because he is obviously like can play as a forward anywhere on that front three. Yeah. Uh, I guess I guess he would, I mean, like Vinicius has been so good on the left wing. Uh, I was going to talk about that kind of in like La Liga, but if, if I was to tell you how many goals and assists Vinicius has this season, uh, you wouldn't believe me because he's had, I believe it's 41 goals and assists in 50 games. So he scored like 21 goals in all competitions and he has like 20 assists in all competitions. Um, the chemistry that he has with Benzema is really good. Can Mbappe fill, like, the role the role of the right wing, right? Because he typically likes to play on the left. Can he play, can he play on the right? I feel like he can. Yeah. I think if you were to have those as the front three, I feel like they could play really well. Uh, and then, you know, eventually when Benzema leaves Real Madrid or retires, can Mbappe fill in as the nine role, which I think would be incredible with, you know, Vinicius because of the pace that they both have. Um, but yeah, I think that's a great signing uh, if it's to potentially happen, which it looks like it's close. And honestly, both of us did not want this transfer saga to uh, to drag on. Really, yeah. We we both would rather this settle earlier than later. Uh, which kind of, you know, Lucas. I don't know if you have any other signings you want to announce. I do. I do. So I mean,
1: a uh, big one, which uh, it was a loan to begin the begin this January transfer window that turned into uh, an official signing, Coutinho going from Barcelona officially to Aston Villa. Great signing for them. He was a very, very important player for them in the second half of the year, really helped them develop into uh, the style of play that Steven Gerrard is looking for. And I think it's a really smart uh, transfer, only 20 million pounds or 20 million euros which, for a player like Coutinho, who's still quality, I man, really, really good signing for them. Really great business. Uh, that's the one I wanted to call out. I mean, there's another. There's others that we can mention that are still rumors. There are players that we can mention that just keep an eye on. You can keep an eye on the Paul Pogba situation where he's a free agent and uh, Juve are, are offering him a contract. He's He still has to make a decision. Lewandowski told Bayern Munich that he does not want to sign for them again or re-sign their contract. So keep an eye out on for him. Potentially going to Barcelona. Speaking of Barcelona, Frankie de Jong saga has started. But it came out from Gerard Moreno that it's 95% sure that Frankie de Jong will sign for Manchester United. I'm skeptical. I don't believe that'll happen because it's still too early to tell. Um, a few months ago, Frankie de Jong said he would love to re-sign a contract with uh, Barcelona and stay there for many years to come, especially given Xavi uh, has come in and really revitalized that team. But it's a financial burden for Barcelona, so they're just looking to off offshore uh, Frankie de Jong. But yeah. it's not a lot of he said, she said right there.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is a great segue into uh, what we want to talk about, which is our uh, transfer radar. So I'm going to give you a player. Right. And you're going to give me a ranking of zero to ten. Do you think they move uh, in the summer? Right. So. Uh, so, I mean, you mentioned some of the, the players that I liked uh, to have in this category. So we'll just start with them and we'll go further and further into the rabbit hole. So um, obviously, you know, we'll start with Lewandowski. Uh, how how long do you think uh, he's going to be at Bayern? For do you think he'll move this summer? And obviously, where do you think he will go if he does move? Uh, and what's your your rating on him moving from one to ten? Okay, rating on
1: him moving is a ten. He's okay, keeps on moving this summer. Um, where he's going to go, I believe Barcelona. Okay. But what would be a really, really interesting uh, team to sign him would be Arsenal if they get top four. Okay, they That's- need a striker. That would be that would be my sleeper pick for him okay. to uh, sign with them. But my yeah, I'm very I'm pretty confident that he'll join Barcelona.
0: I I'd honestly agree with you. I like the fit for Arsenal from a a footballing perspective. I just don't know if he would go, but uh, I agree wholeheartedly that I think uh, he's going to move this summer, and I think it's going to be to Barcelona, which is crazy to me, right? Because they have all these financial problems, yet you know these players want to still go and play for them, which I think speaks to how big of a club it is, right? Yeah. Uh, Frankie de Jong is the next player.
1: Uh, I think the likelihood of him leaving is a five. Okay. I don't know. I think it's just – it's a smokescreen at the moment. Um, Yeah, not really sure exactly why he would move. He wants to stay. It's just financial issues. Same thing that happened to Messi is happening to Frankie de Jong. Um, So that's why I would say five if they can figure out their finances. They would love to keep him. Xavi would love to keep him. Um, If he were to leave, I mean, the team right now is Manchester United. The only reason that Manchester United are in the mix is because of Eric Ten Hag. And it's because Eric Ten Hag eh, managed him to where he is right now. That Ajax eighteen nineteen season where he had Donny van der Beek, uh, Freddy, Frankie de Jong, and De Ligt. Like, uh, that's the only reason I can see him going to uh, Manchester United. However, I think he can go to a team like Bayern Munich, and he would be a fantastic fit for a team like Bayern Munich. Yeah, I, um,
0: go ahead. As the
1: Champions League football, they get a they get a center mid that can really bolster their midfield. That would just be a fantastic signing for them.
0: Yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. I think that um, I mean, look, the the clubs you're picking for these players so far has been really good. I think I'm a little higher on him leaving uh, only because I've seen players who say that they want to stay at Barcelona and, and mean it and honestly just end up getting shoved out by the club. And I just I feel like even though Xavi's come out and said that he you know wants De Young to stay, I, I just feel like he's going to be one of the players that gets shoved out the door, which I, I don't even understand why, to be honest. Because uh, he's he's so good and he's he's total quality, uh, and he would play extremely well for for Manchester United or Bayern Munich if we was to go there. Uh, he just he just fits a need that so many clubs in the world are looking for, and he can he can really go wherever he wants, which is why it, it's kind of difficult for me to understand. Well, if Barcelona wants to sign Lewandowski, right? Why can't they not afford to to keep? damn but yeah no I don't know what the details are because I haven't looked into it since last summer right of how their yeah. finances have changed in terms of the the salary cap um but otherwise I, I I definitely agree with you the next player I have I have a little bit of a of a curveball so Jude Bellingham from Dortmund oh zero not, zero? That, not this summer okay I think
1: like that curveball though because they're he's a quality talent but there's no way by, uh Borussia Dortmund would sell both Erling Haaland and Jude Bellingham in the same season.
0: I think that's fair. I think he would have they would have to be like 100 to to 120 million euros for him to move. Uh yeah. I do think he moves next summer. Yes,
1: that that I can see happening.
0: My next player is Cristiano Ronaldo. That's
1: a tough one. Um, they're not getting Champions League football, so that's the only reason I can see him leaving. Uh, but I don't see another club paying for him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Unless it's PSG who's willing to just pay for him, get a striker to uh, fill in for uh, Mbappe. I mean, uh, Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo team would be hysterical to watch.
0: Yeah.
1: All, the, all the Messi and Ronaldo fanboys would literally be crying. They'll be like, Messi did this versus Ronaldo did this. Um, but I I don't see him leaving just because there's no other team that he can go to.
0: So I, I think it's a three. So you think you think it's more has he uh, in the eyes of like Manchester United fans and probably the, the board and you think maybe Ten Hag, has he Pretty much earned his stay there, right? Like, would Manchester United want to keep him, and is it more so up to Ronaldo deciding if he wants to stay or go?
1: Yes. 70%.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, because he's had a he's. I mean, he's carried them this season, which is crazy because you know he's like thirty seven years old. Um,
1: yeah, he's fully carried us.
0: Yeah, twenty four goals in thirty eight games is crazy to me for for his, someone his age. Um, no. I have I have another one. So Gabriel Jesus, uh, nine arsenal oh, yeah
1: yeah i, <laughs> I think that's simple, straightforward enough. uh especially um with Erling holland's coming and also alvarez coming to man city like there's no room for gabriel jesus
0: no i agree with that i think he fits best with arsenal i mean i know there's rumors of other clubs being interested for him but i think he could legitimately be um a twenty goal scorer kind of player in the premier league if he starts right the the reason why people like bag on him is because he doesn't like you know he doesn't score enough but really it's it's the appearances he makes are mostly as subs when he starts for the most part he usually does play really well and i think if he gets the game time then uh i i would like i would like that fit ideally all, all right, right. You do too? Okay, cool. Uh, what about Yuri Tillemans?
1: Oh, that's another curveball. I didn't think about him. Uh, I don't know. I can see him staying, but also Leicester aren't doing too well in the league, and he, he's a quality talent. Um, I can see him going to Tottenham as another option, uh, upgrading there, especially if Tottenham get uh, top four. I think the like uh, I think that's bang even with a five. I'll give that a five that he's gonna leave, and it's only if uh, Lester get the fundings that they want for him.
0: Okay, I think I think that makes sense, right? He's on the last year of his contract, from what I remember. So I think what Lester would probably want to to get him or to to be considered parting ways with him would be probably like. Around thirty to forty million pounds, which yeah. he's worth, right? He had he had like a down year this year, but I mean every other year besides that, he's been a- he's kind of been a monster for them. So I like that. I have I think three other players that I, I-, I want to go through. Um, Osman Dembele, ah uh, zero. Okay, you- so you let's think no? no the-
1: let's because uh, it can't be zero. Let's okay. put a-, a one. Okay, because under Chavi, he's been fantastic. Um. And they don't really have anybody else to play that right wing spot. That is the Barcelona quality. Yes, they have Adama Traore, but he's just a kick and run kind of player. He doesn't have the actual technical ability to be able to do it. So I think uh, very unlikely that he'll leave.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting, right? Because he's he's on like the he's a free agent after this year. So for for him to decide whether or not he's going to resign or go somewhere else. I, I don't know. Like, I know that uh, it depends on money for him, right? But he definitely did not live up to the potential of his price tag, but he always has played well when he's been healthy. So it's a super difficult one. Uh, yeah. Second to last player on the list, Victor Ossiman. Oh, that's very, very high. Yeah?
1: High. Um, I would say it's a 7 to an 8. I would say lean towards an 8. Okay. Um, the players, uh, it's a Premier League team. It's either going to be Arsenal or United, but he's a very good player, very very good player. I mean, we talk about him on the podcast very frequently. Um, I think it, I think if Arsenal doesn't get Gabriel Jesus, they'll get uh awesome name. Okay. Because I, I I've heard rumblings of United going for him. But I think United have another priority, which is Darwin Nunez. Which I don't know if he's the last player on your list or not. But United would prefer to have Darwin Nunez as their striker over uh,
0: Big O. Yeah, Darwin Nunez is actually the the last player. <laughs> uh, so so that's good. I mean, I have I have an American player. But I don't know if you watched uh, Brendan Harrison too much, so I was debating le- leading him off or not. Um, but but we'll do we'll do Darwin Nunez for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean Darwin Nunez, he's leaving ninety, like a nine out of ten yeah. likelihood of leaving. Um, and it all depends on which team is willing is wanting to pay for him. I would love him at United. He has scored so many goals for uh Benfica. He is a fantastic striker. So we'll see
0: yeah i agree i mean there's so many there's gonna be so many moving pieces uh this year lucas and i just wanted i wanted to do a little sidetrack thing uh in hindsight right we said when the transfer window happened for psg like is that the best transfer window ever on paper it is right but i feel like we should uh kind of retract that statement because they really haven't done anything yet so i feel like that's a tbd now Instead of a for sure yes, right? Because you look back in hindsight, uh, Ramos has barely played this season, and Messi has not been as good as what they were expecting. So, for me, it's moved to a definite yes to a TBD. I agree. And then also we
1: mentioned Juventus in the in January, uh, having a really strong transfer window, and then they still they've also underwhelmed. They do not. They did not get a trophy for the first time in many years. Yes, uh, like it's a very disappointing season for them. So uh, that's also a TBD on which team had the best transfer window in January. However, the, I think the signing mid-season signing of the year, Luis Diaz.
0: Hundred percent agree. Hundred yeah. percent
1: agree. Yeah, He's yeah. Been so vital for for Liverpool, especially given a lot of the players' injuries. Uh, really, really vital for that team
0: no yeah and honestly if you think about it he probably uh i haven't seen him and i do not know if he speaks uh fluent english or not just d- judging by his background he probably uh speaks Port- what's up he does not speak english at all yeah. i was gonna say he probably only speaks portuguese but i think it's incredible how like uh how he could probably just hear Klopp, just like not understand a single word he says smile and like nod and just go out and uh and play They definitely have, like, translators and stuff, but I just think that his impact, despite the language barrier, uh, has been so impressive to me right off the bat. No, it's
1: actually funny the way that um, Jürgen Klopp has talked about this in press conferences, that, honestly, uh, Luis Diaz just smiles and laughs, and then he just does whatever he wants. Like, And Jürgen Klopp made a joke about it during a press conference. Like, he doesn't understand a thing he's saying.
0: It's hysterical. Oh, man. I think you did a great segue about Juventus, though, uh, not winning a trophy, right? Because Inter Milan did, when they smacked Juventus, they came back to win 4-2, to win the Coppa Italia final, right? Uh, They are in the title race still for Serie A. There are two games left to play. There are two points behind AC Milan. So, Lucas, why don't we get after it and you give me your take on how this plays out. Do you, has anything changed your mind? Because we both thought Inter would win it on the last day of the season. Forza
1: Milan! I want Milan to win, like, uh, AC Milan to win. Like, it's been way too long. Uh, this it would be much needed for them. For the fan base who's suffered for 10 years, like, this would be huge for them. Um yeah, I, we thought Inter would win given that the results that they had. But Milan have gone on to win five, uh, four consecutive league games and really, oh man, ever, ever since they've had to start to grind out uh, results, they've been grinding out results. While Inter, on the other hand, they've dropped some points, um, really big points dropped uh, a couple weeks back, making it, Two points ahead for AC Milan with two games to go. I think AC Milan has it. I'm, I'm rooting for AC Milan.
0: Okay.
1: I'm okay. personally rooting for AC Milan. But it'll all come down to Sunday. We've mentioned this last week. We've mentioned this in weeks prior. The match day against Atalanta at home and Sassuolo both. Sassuolo is not an easy competition. Yeah. But Atalanta, more importantly will tell us how things will go
0: i i agree with you 100 percent. i think if um remember ac milan owns the tiebreaker right over inter on head-to-head competition in syria because they beat inter and drew with them so they they take the tiebreaker inter has the goal difference but that doesn't that doesn't matter here anymore because of the tiebreaker the first tiebreaker being owned um with that being said, even if AC Milan was to draw and Inter Milan was to win, AC Milan would still be ahead based on the head-to-head. So really, this is the this is the game, I think, that determines it. I would not be shocked at all if they won, they drew, or they lost this game because it's Atalanta. And I, although they've been disappointing, they've kind of... Uh, they kind of like recovered from their horrible form in in the, the beginning of the second half of the, the you know, league yeah. season. I think I, I don't know, man. I still am going to pick Inter. Uh, it'll be crazy to me if AC Milan was to win this game only to lose on the last day of the season. Uh, but sure. I'm still going to I'm still going to rise with Inter. If AC Milan wins, I'm OK with being wrong there. Honestly, okay. it I don't I don't mind at all. Has no impact on uh, how I feel about this league being the tightest it's been in a long time. And if AC Milan was to win, I would be super happy for them too.
1: Yeah, I would love for AC Milan to win. Like I mentioned, I would love for it. Um, But you have to give credit to Inter for being able to keep the title race this tight after the transfer window that happened last summer where they lost so many players, they lost Lukaku. They lost um, Hakimi. Like, really important players, but they replaced them instantly. Like, they brought in Dzeko. They brought in uh, Dumfries. Like, really quality players that just stepped in right away and made a big impact. So, um, have to give credit to Inter, but definitely rooting for uh, AC Milan there.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean,
1: I mean, we can we can ignore Napoli at this point, and Juve top four is pretty much secured after then because Lazio and Roma, they don't they don't have a chance to get into that top
0: four. Yeah, I agree with that entirely. Speaking of Juventus, we didn't talk about Dybala Bala uh, and him potentially leaving, but. I think we'll cover that probably when the, the transfer window actually opens up and we start hearing some rumors and everything about whether or not he's going to leave and go to enter. Um, overall, crazy season, right? I mean, the only thing that's worth talking about is these two teams in the title race, and I agree with you uh, 100%. There's no reason to to go into the other positions in the league because nothing's really going to change yeah. uh, the, the impact of what each club is, is getting here. So uh, I ultimately agree with that. Now on to
1: the other title race that has been the talk of the town for the past 3 months. Liverpool, Man City, these two teams just always go at it. But this last match day was the game changer, I think.
0: Yeah. It really
1: was the game changer. Liverpool facing Tottenham on Saturday and drawing was I think the icing on the cake for Man City. Uh, That really solidified um, Tottenham, uh, Man City winning the league, in my opinion. And Man City going out and thrashing every single one of their opponents ever since they lost to Real Madrid is just hysterical. They went out on Sunday, and they put five past Newcastle. They went out on Wednesday against Wolves, and they put five past them, too. Like, they are angry. Like, truly angry. Um, but those results, along with Tottenham taking a point at Anfield against Liverpool, that really solidified it for me.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, I agree with you. The, the crazy part is, uh, in my opinion, Lucas, them winning that way against, uh, against Wolves and against... Um, who was the other team? Totally forgot. Drawing New the Newcastle, right? The nine goals swing for them is kind of like what got them this title, in my opinion. With a with a win this upcoming weekend, because they now are ahead on goal difference against Liverpool. That was like a nine goal swing for them, right? They were two goals yeah. behind on goal difference pr- prior to those two match days, or something something along those lines. I think one goal behind. Um, And now they have a seven-goal lead with two games left. So if they essentially win uh, their next game, Liverpool will have to win and Man City will have to lose on the last day of the season and make up that goal difference, right? So Man City will realistically have at least an eight-goal lead going into the last game of the season. Uh, And unless Liverpool smacks uh, whoever they're playing, right, unless they smack... Wolves, I mean, they're playing Southampton. They could beat the snot out of Southampton, too. I mean, Uh, Southampton have been known to give up nine goals. You're right. So uh, is this the time? Is this the time? Maybe it is, Lucas. I don't know. Uh, But I, I ultimately agree with you. I think it's Man City's. And I mean, I think it will be Man City's for a decent amount of time. Yeah,
1: I agree. Um, but it's funny, like, we were talking about this last week after the Champions League results, and one of the bets that I put was uh, over three and a half goals for uh, the Man City-Newcastle game. And they they did that themselves, putting five past them, five past Newcastle, with two goals in the 90th, 90th and 93rd minute. Like, they were angry. And Pep is angry. Um And we expected them to come out hot. So, yeah, uh, we shouldn't congratulate them yet, but we probably can. Um, But, yeah, it'll it'll still come down to the last match day. But, Nick, what I want to do is I want to kick it over to you to Mm -hmm. talk about the top four race.
0: Right. uh, so I mean, in my opinion, Chelsea, right, it was a point behind, but the the win uh, and Arsenal losing kind of seals them in that third position. I we never, we both kind of never thought that they were gonna lose third anyway, right? So uh, you know, fine season for them, I guess., uh, Arsenal lose to Tottenham, get absolutely smacked. Rob Holding has one of the worst 30 minutes by a central defender you will ever see. If you were ever to be a center back, Lucas, all you would have to do is watch that game and he would teach you what not to do, right? In 30 minutes. So, I mean, Tottenham uh, definitely deserved to win that game. No questions asked. I thought his performance was one of the worst I've seen in a long time. It, worse than, like, David, Lu- uh, David Luiz conceding a penalty and getting sent off. I think it was against... Um, I forget what team Brighton, maybe a few years ago. Whatever, doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, th- I I don't have really anything to add, Lucas. I think the penalty, the first the 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 first goal that Tom scored, that Kane scored, I think that was soft, in my opinion. It was. Uh, so so ultimately, I just feel like this was a classic uh, Arsenal result, classic Arsenal loss, but. I do think they'll still make the top four because I think Tottenham will lose to Burnley this weekend, and I think Arsenal will uh, beat Newcastle. Really? Yeah, I mean, I texted you this, right? You texted me, I know. You texted me one if I was nervous and I said no because I'm expecting Arsenal to get blasted, which they did.
1: Oh, and,
0: yeah. and uh, i I texted you right after the game that I still think that they'll they'll win top four because I just think that the highs of Tottenham winning this and thinking that they're close, only to lose against Burnley is something that won't uh, won't surprise me.
1: But Tottenham are home against Burnley, Arsenal are away against Newcastle. Yeah, I don't think that matters, in my opinion. In my opinion,
0: I don't think that matters.
1: And then Arsenal have Everton, who Everton are going to be fighting for the relegation battle. And then Tottenham have Norwich. I mean, and Everton. Everton have had some decent results recently.
0: Yeah, and Everton, well, Everton can ensure relegation. Uh, they're not getting relegated uh, because they play Brentford and they play Crystal Palace before they play Arsenal. They have, you know, they have a midweek game next week. Right. So yeah. if you think about it, they're essentially playing five games within a uh, within a two week period, which is a lot for them. Yeah, and they're playing their starters. Right. So I expect them to, to be burnt out that game. And I, I actually think Arsenal will win.
1: Okay, we shall see after next week.
0: Yeah, we will. will.
1: In my opinion, I think... You think Spurs get it probably, right? I think Spurs sneak one out. I think Arsenal will draw against Everton.
0: Okay. I mean, listen, I'm not surprised by any situation occurring at all. So we'll see what happens. It is a
1: tight one, though. But this top four race is going to have huge implications on what Tottenham does for this upcoming season. Because if Tottenham don't get top four, they don't get Champions League, Antonio Conte is going to be gone.
0: 100%. Yeah, I mean, I read that Fabrizio Romano says that he sees himself staying. But, like, there's so many places that he can go. Um, Tottenham were not in a good spot when he took over. And he that January transfer window really helped them out, especially with signing Kulishevsky, who makes their... I mean, their their front three is really good, really, really, really good. good. So uh, we'll see what we'll see what happens there, Lucas. I uh, am open to all possibilities here. Can I tell you something that shocked me when I looked at the table? I cannot believe that Manchester United had already played thirty seven games when other teams had only played thirty four, and they've had basically like over two weeks off before they play their, their last game of the season at Crystal Palace. I have no idea how it got there. Like, how did the schedule end up shaking up like that? That's crazy to it me.
1: COVID. It was COVID. So, it, you know how teams had to get delayed because they had the COVID restrictions? The Tottenham-Arsenal game yesterday was supposed to be played in January, got pushed back this much. United never got any games pushed back. So, they played all their games consecutively, and then they had to adjust based on FA Cups and all this, and like, so that's really why that's the case. I mean, teams, teams, trash. Let's, let's <laughs> talk about them. But if they get Europa League, that'll be a big boost in terms of transfers for Eric Ten Hag.
0: You know, so. it's it's so funny to me because West Ham uh, has United on goal differential. And has a game in hand, too. So, they could they could end up in, like, the Conference League. Um, yeah. But they play Man City. So, yeah. not likely.
1: Yeah, they play Man City. So, I mean, we can chill with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Nick, let's get into our favorite segment of the week. We have been on fire yet again. Last week, we went three for four with... Uh, Really positive results from Man City over three and a half, like I mentioned, Liverpool and Spurs combining to get over ten corner kicks. That's on my end, Nick, what did you have last week?
0: Um I had the West Ham and Real Madrid money line, so we combined first for three to three for four, right? Uh, hit on the West Ham one, unfortunately, did not get the Real Madrid one. Uh, but our overall betting were twenty two of thirty seven overall. If you think about it, right, I count the 0 for 4 weekend we hit first because we have to remember, so we stay full. But ever since then, Lucas, we've been 22 of 27 for like an 81% conversion rate uh, on our bets, which is, I think, insane. Um, I I don't know how that will possibly hold up and stuff. I'll tell you, though, like I started betting on our bank as of last weekend, and I I just want to walk through – Uh, you know, just to have full disclosure on like the decisions we basically made together, right? So I started, uh, I started essentially with $25 in the bank, right? Uh, We placed five bets for the weekend. We placed obviously the number of corners uh, over 10 at minus 115, West Ham minus 30, money line over three and a half goals at plus 126 for Man City, Newcastle, the Real Madrid money line, which we we did not win. Uh, and then I put all four of those in a parlay, right? So we had hit essentially on everything up until the Real Madrid money line. They had offered me a cash out for both the parlay and the Real Madrid money line itself. So what we decided to do is we cashed out of the Real Madrid money line, but left the parlay. And then we hedged with the Atletico Madrid tie no bet. So, from one week, we go from $25 to $45.15, which is a is essentially an 80% increase. Yeah. Uh, very, very good weekend for us in terms of profit. And we will take that $45.15 and we will put it into our bets for this weekend. And we'll see what happens. And
1: let's get into our bets for this weekend. And I have a really, really, really juicy one. Real Madrid... Whenever you get plus money in Moneyline, take it. Real Madrid versus Cadiz, plus 120. Yes, Real Madrid is away. But Real Madrid still want to get a win. And Benzema wants to get break that record for Real Madrid's goal scorers. So I think this is... I mean, they played yesterday, even though they won the league. And they fully dominated the game yesterday. It was 5-0. Uh, and Vinny had a hat-trick. I don't think they want to take a loss before the Champions League final. They'll keep that momentum going. So, Real Madrid versus Cadiz, plus 120.
0: Yeah, normally, you know, uh, we, we would look at last week, right, Lucas? And we saw, we saw that Real Madrid sat there, there most of their starters. Uh, and, you know, they played Atletico Madrid in the Madrid derby. Atletico Madrid really needed that game to qualify for Champions League. They essentially uh, played their strongest lineup, right? And they, I mean, they, they needed that win. They had not beaten Real Madrid in a long time. Uh, From what I remember, it was like, it was like, it was either eight match days or eight years. I cannot remember, but it was a long time. So they desperately needed this win. Cadiz, on the other hand, is 17th in the table. And so in, in our opinion, right, I'm sure you're, you're thinking this regardless, Real Madrid's bench should be able to take caddis to the cleaners regardless of whether or not they play benzema or vinicius it shouldn't matter they should have the players to get the win and i honestly agree with that and i really love that bet in my opinion i think that's a great bet um i can't disagree at all with your thought process at all love it um i mean this one's a tough one for me because i said burnley would win it right and their odds at plus 800 is so good um So juicy for me. But I I ultimately don't feel like I can... um, I don't know if I can pull the trigger on that wholeheartedly. So, Lucas, if if you don't mind giving me some time to think of another bet while you come up with your second, I'd appreciate that.
1: Totally fine. I have my second one handy. And it is the FA Cup final. It is Liverpool versus Chelsea. It is Liverpool plus 105 money line. They will win. In 90 minutes, in my opinion, Um, with Liverpool wanting to get as many trophies as possible, I think this is the time for them to do so. Uh, Given that they're pretty much out of the league, they want to secure the FA Cup, given that they won the League Cup already. Get the FA Cup. They have a double. They can get a triple with uh, the Champions League final as well. So they want to keep that momentum going. They don't want to take a loss. So I have both... Of the Champions League finalists' money lines this week, that's my that's my two bets. I, I looked into some others. I wasn't fully confident. As everyone knows, in the past when we've given three bets in, those have just been throwaways, and they haven't been the f- most confident bets. So now we're focused on trying to get the the most... We, we want to give you all of our confidence in these bets. So Liverpool money line versus Chelsea... And Real Madrid money line versus Cadiz.
0: Yeah, I mean, both both really good bets. Honestly, I can't even uh, I can't even argue with you on your logic for either. I really like Eintracht Frankfurt money line against Rangers at plus one thirty. Um, you get plus odds for them. Eintracht Frankfurt beat West Ham, beat Barcelona, fully deserved to uh, to win. I think I had them winning outright for the plus odds, but to lift the cup, they're minus one forty six. Um, I mean, they have they have this game a lot closer than we would think, right? Because Rangers is plus 124. Uh, I just don't. I just honestly don't see it it happening for Rangers Uh, as much of a fairy tale run as they they had. If I eat my words, I eat my words. And you know what, Lucas? Sometimes I just gotta go out on a limb and you know put my put my nuts on the table. So I'm gonna just pick Burnley to beat Tottenham on the money line at plus 800. I know that this is a long shot bet but I just uh I don't know. I feel it. I feel it in my bones. I I there's a chance that I could be wrong, right? Because of the odds, but they're so good and I just feel like Tottenham coming off of a high of winning the North London Derby, they've had head scratching results following. So I think that I favor Burnley here. No, if- I, I Eintracht
1: Frankfurt, you mean? I I really like that. Yeah.
0: Well, both both uh Burnley and Eintracht Frankfurt. So are- I with the Burnley one, yeah, I'm just gonna go with it. I'm gonna go with both because because Burnley's plus eight hundred, right? If you want a double chance for them, Burnley and draw is plus two twenty. So, like like, so like even even in the situation where you're not confident that they could win, could Spurs slip up and draw? I feel like it's possible, right? So, I mean, I I do like the double chance there, but ultimately, I'm just gonna go with the the Burnley money line because sometimes you just have to go with your gut with these bets, and yeah. I just I just can't. Uh, We could end up being two for four here, Lucas, but I just feel like I can't I can't miss out on uh, something where I feel like could potentially hit big for us.
1: Hey, no, I like it. If you if you feel confident in it, we have to go with it. I
0: like that. All right, cool. So that's our best for the weekend. Hopefully we will do well for you guys and uh, we'll continue to build that bankroll and go on from there. Can I also can I also give a shout to another one?
1: Yeah, of course. Uh,
0: the Leicester money line at minus one fifteen, I like as well against Watford.
1: That is a good one. I didn't see that one. That one I really like.
0: Yeah, just because I know Leicester's been out of form and stuff, but I mean Watford can't stop getting horrible results, and yeah. I just think that uh, I just think that you know they they just beat uh, they just beat Norwich City three nothing. And uh, and Jamie Vardy, you know, is back in the lineup and scored. So I just see them performing well against Watford. Should I do you think I should swap that for one of my bets, my bets that we have locked in? Or do you think I should just have three? Have three. And
1: And then the Burnley one could be the one that you say you're going balls to the wall.
0: All right. So we'll do that. So we'll do that. We'll have five bets, three from me, two from you this weekend. Perfect. All right. With that being said, uh, I don't have anything else that I would like to cover. Lucas, is there anything you would like to say? No, I
1: think we had a great 50-minute conversation. Uh, We're gearing up towards the tail end of the season. Finals are coming around. FA Cup, Champions League, Europa League. I mean, while we still have it for this season, everybody, I hope you enjoy them techers. Enjoy all the footy. There's games every day for the next week, I believe. So, a lot to enjoy.
0: Yeah, 100% agree. We'll catch you guys next week, and uh, we'll have some additional topics and fun stuff, and maybe we'll have some new news. We never know.
1: We'll catch you guys next week.